Is this the Krusty Krab? No, this is Hard Rock Lunch Box. Is this the Krusty Krab? No, this is Hard Rock Lunch Box. Is this the Krusty Krab? No, this is Hard Rock Lunch Box. I'm not a crusty crab. Greetings and salutations, world of the Hard Rock Lunchbox and the Top 20. Greetings and salutations. I would like you to find another show on at noon on Thursdays that offers not only greetings, but salutations. I feel like you'd be very, very hard-pressed. How is it in the world? I feel like I have not been out in the world in quite some time. I've been dealing with some uh, medical stuff here uh, that has kind of really rendered me to the sidelines. Incredibly uncomfortable for me to make it out into the world. Although I did stumble along to a few outdoor events uh, this past uh, this past week. Uh, I finally went back to uh, rehearsal, which was good. That was uh, nice to do. Uh, it's always fun when members of my band are incapable of actually performing a rehearsal because they've had too much to drink. It's definitely my favorite thing, as everybody knows. Huge fan, huge fan of that. Uh, we'll be addressing that in the coming weeks, I guess. Or I'll just let it go. Maybe maybe I'll just quit. Like Maybe I'll just solve all the band's problems. I'll just quit. Um, yeah, a bunch of stuff going on. I uh, My beloved Hurricanes started their... This is the third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth. Is this their twentieth season? Holy shit, really? That doesn't sound right. Third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth, eleventh. No, I'm sorry. This is their eighteenth season. Eighteenth season is the team. We started out with a tie against HBC. A very funny story about uh, that particular game. Uh, I might get to you later today. Uh, but, yeah, if you were wondering how the Hurricanes are doing, they're doing fine. We've lost some uh, lost some teammates, gained a, gained a couple new ones. So uh, we're, we're doing good. We've, we're resigned to having a nice, fun, recreational team. That seems to be what it's doing. But, yeah, one-to-one against HBC on, uh, on Saturday. We're off th- on Sunday. We're off this week for the Long Island Cup. We got a bye because we won it last time. And we are then going to be back on April 2nd, I think, um, against Garden City. So I'll, I'll keep you posted uh, as, as, as I am, as want to do. But first, let's, uh, let's get to some housekeeping. Feels very much like the headlines thing on The Daily Show. If you haven't been watching The Daily Show lately, by the way, you're missing out. So The Daily Show after Trevor Noah um, left, um, I don't. I want to say abruptly, but it wasn't quite abruptly. But he left the show. Instead of replacing him with a full-time host, what they've done is they've just been having rotating guest hosts. Some of them have been really, really funny. Uh, Chelsea Handler was great. Sarah Silverman was great. A um, couple things that Cal Penn did, I thought were pretty good. Uh, D.L. Hughley had a couple. Wanda Sykes was good. They're they're all good in their own way for sure. But it was actually really funny because they had Al Franken hosting. Uh, he's hosting this week. His last week will be tonight. And I think one of the one of the funny parts is that he was saying it's like it's nice to have you know like finally a white male <laughs> hosting the 
That was, that was just I always liked Al Franken anyway. His deliveries are funny. And, uh, you know, he, he tends to be a lot of uh, no-nonsense. And, uh, like, I was always bummed that he resigned based on, like, you know, what kind of went down. Like, I think he definitely did the wrong thing, but I also think he's a comedian and probably part, partially a jerk at least. But, uh, you know, it really just shows, it highlights the differences between the two parties. Because, like, at any in- appearance of impropriety, Democrats just retire. We just had that in New York. For as unpopular as, as Governor Cuomo seemed to be at the time, like, he basically got forced out of office from a sex scandal that really amounted to absolutely nothing. And now we're stuck with a very weak and a very lame Democratic governor who I do not like. Um, but, uh, yeah, Democrats just tend to resign at the drop of a hat. And then you have people like Matt Gates, who basically sex trafficked minors across state lines. And he's like, I'm not retired. I'm not stepping down. And then George Santos, who lied his way into office, also not stepping Anyway, if you're a fan of The Daily Show, as I am, check it out. At least the opening parts. But... Their opening segment is called Headlines, and it sounds just like that. So instead of headlines, we're just going to get right to uh, uh, housekeeping. <laughs> I like it so much. The intro is so nice, I did it twice. Yeah, all right. That's what's up. So uh, this week on the Top 20, it's out on StrangerHood TV right now. It's the Empanada Analogy, which honestly is my favorite band name, record name, show name ever. And uh, if I change the name of the Top 20 to Empanada Analogy, you'll know why. Uh, I would go check it out. Uh, as bumpers go, the things I do at the beginning of each show, it's one of my favorite, easily in my top five. So even if you just want to watch for the first 45 seconds, I think it's probably worth your time. That's on Stranger TV. You can get there via StrangerHoodTV.com. It'll bring you right to the YouTube page. Or if you're already on YouTube, just search up StrangerHood TV or the top 20. It'll get you there. Uh, but we do sort of talk about like how unprepared I was for uh, Daylight Savings Time and how, how completely over it. I am uh, also Texas just being just such a cock about things uh, and all that fun stuff, uh, value of band relationships, blah, 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 blah. Uh, uh, Bacon is my podcast. I had a full interview with uh, Natalie Notenboom. You can check that out. Discussions and drinks. I did not get a chance to watch this yet. Um, it is our favorite front people, front person versus a singer. So I do want to check that out because I myself am a front part person. I don't know if I'm one of their favorite, but I do like to have a good time while I'm doing it. So that's nice. Uh, tonight, I believe they're back up on Twitch working on their new songs for Bacon Is My Passion. Not to be confused with Bacon Is My Podcast. And I don't know why you would confuse them because it's the exact same thing. Same two guys doing the same stuff in the same studio. So why would you possibly? <laughs> uh, but check that out. I'll be at rehearsal tonight. I'm sure getting yelled at by a drunken member of my band. So I cannot be on Twitch. Uh, yeah, all that going on, Stranger TV. Again, we got a show coming up. Uh, we're going to be at Beery's June something, 16th, I feel like. Uh, I'm actually just waiting on an invite that I gave to another band that uh, I'm just realizing right now they are taking way too long to respond to. So, not cool, dudes. <laughs> but I'll message them a little bit later. Uh, so, yeah, so I think I'll save my, my hurricane story maybe for a time when I need more time. Uh, and nothing's really pressing on me right now. I mean, like, there's, like, a lot of world events going on right now. It's just... It's very hard to follow. Like, the... Uh, it's it's hard, hard to follow in the sense that, like, I don't want to follow it anymore. Like, what the, the plan really was and has always been, on both sides, this is not, you know, 
any particular political party thing uh, is just you just distract, distract and distract and distract. And what's funny is just watching people, you know, claim stuff like the war in Ukraine is a distraction. and We shouldn't be involved in that at all. And it's like, no, somebody actually invaded a sovereign nation and the other nations of the world, all of them really should stand up and be like, what are you doing, man? Because those days are kind of over. Like, I realize that most people did not do so well in, like, you know, European history in, in junior high school. And that's because most people really are very dumb and they should be listening to smarter people. Uh, but the days of, like, fiefdom and, like, you know, kingdoms warring over land and stuff, like, we're kind of past that. Like, as evolution goes and societies evolve, like, we really got to stop doing that. Like, we all look upon, like, Africa when they were, like, warring, you know, in their own tribal nations. We're like, Hey man, that's really savage of you. Well, what do you think? What do you think is happening in Russia versus Ukraine? I mean, don't forget, Russia just walked right into Ukraine and said, "This is ours now, da." Yes, I like this. This is it's a terrible Russian accent, I know. But like, if you want to hear a better Russian accent, I find you. I, I, if you want to hear a better Russian accent, I urge you to find a better show to listen to than the top twenty. That's really right. But so there's always, always these distractions and stuff, and that's important because they're like trying to tell you what to get mad at, so you don't actually get mad at the real thing. And I understand all that. Uh, but what it's actually doing is it's taking the, it's basically exhausting the intellectuals, right? Unless you get paid to do this as like a pundit or you know some other means. Like if I was like Brian Taylor Cohen, like, and this was just what I did for a living, like, yeah, I'd be down for it, and I'd be okay, like getting excited and yelled at. But like, I just don't care. I, 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 what, 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 what is happening is that you're just getting the caring beaten out of you. Like, I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you an example, like, of something that I thought I was going to react more to. Than that. So, um, the real time with Bill Maher, they were, he was doing an interview with Bernie Sanders and they were talking about student debt cancellation. <clears throat> now, in my heart of hearts, I feel like student debt cancellation is a good thing. It's a good one-time thing that needs to be done at the same time as capping college costs, right? I think we need to cap college costs so it becomes affordable. I think we need to adjust the way we approach it so it's not just a money-making scheme. Everybody does not need to go to college. I talked about that in nauseam. Um, and, but in order to just like kind of make it fair, you can't have... You know, like a SUNY school be $25,000 a year in 2022, cap it then at $10,000 next year so that everybody the next year gets a deal. Like, you have to compensate the people before them. Life is not fair, but that would be the fair way to do it. And that's really what they should do. So, like, once they didn't cap college costs and colleges saw that the government was going to kick in some money, colleges raised their prices. So I'm out. Like, I don't think... I don't think student loan forgiveness, the way they're currently doing it, should be done this way. <clears throat> Still, I understand the reason to do it. There's no real reason we should up our military budget $80 billion without so much of a discussion and then, like, tell 22-year-old kids, like, good luck, pal. Good luck. Because that's basically what we're doing. That is not a recipe for a great society or a better economy or all those other things. <clears throat> but the real thing that really just pissed me off is on, on real-time... Bill Maher is interviewing uh, Bernie Sanders, and according to a, a new NBC News poll, they actually asked uh, college kids, like, okay, well, if you had this debt forgiveness, like, what would you do with it? And the, it turns out that, like, you know, I'd probably go on vacations, uh, I'd, you know, buy, buy more clothes, I would, um, 
I would, uh, you know, eat out more. I mean, I don't think it's a sexual thing, but who am I to judge? You know what I mean? Like they were going to spend stuff, and 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 the the bent of it was like they're just going to waste their money. And my take on that is like, sounds like they're going to invest their money in a lot of the economy instead of just paying back these loans to banks and institutions that really are overcharging it anyway. And so. A year ago, I would have been really mad about that, and I wouldn't even have gotten a housekeeping at the beginning of the show because I would have been pissed about it. Like, and we would have just discussed like how stupid all that is. And the the reality is now, I just I don't care. I, I don't care anymore. I feel like I've I've reached a point in my life where some of these things just are not going to matter in my lifetime, and it sucks. And I hate like taking that approach, like. Yeah, man, there's a lot of Long Island and a lot of Florida that's probably going to be underwater. Now, I'm fine with most of Florida being underwater, and I think that's clearly on the record. And everybody knows that I live on the higher places uh, on Long Island, so I'm probably going to be all right here, too. And it's definitely going to be something that falls to my kids to have to deal with. I'll tell you, I moved a bunch of equipment into a storage unit uh, not too long ago. And I have some gear in there, including, like, my my cabinets, my guitar speakers, and a full PA system that I'm probably never going to use again in my lifetime. But because I am the way that I am, I simply cannot bring myself to just throw stuff out that, that works just fine. Can't. So as I was putting this in the very back of the storage unit, because I'm probably never going to use it again in my lifetime, I had this really amusing slash sad feeling. As I'm putting up the one speaker, I'm like, huh, the next time this speaker gets touched, it's probably going to be because it is now my kid's problem to deal with. Or want an episode of Storage Wars. <laughs> and it was kind of like funny in my head, but like the reality is like, yeah, you know, I think my days of challenging and, and jousting at windmills, not that they're over, but like I refuse to, to, to really just risk my own health and sanity, like fighting battles and wars for people that don't want to fight their own battles and wars anymore or are too stupid or are too lame or are too lazy or whatever. You know, and I realized some of this stuff when when New York State was starting to put money together to to sure up our uh, our abortion facilities here because people from out of state were going to come and get free abortions. Now, I am so opposed to that on so many levels except one. I like the fact that New York State is going to be like a, a station, a, a light, an oasis in a sea of just absolute ridiculous like horrible treatment uh, and horrible social uh, values and injustices that are going on. I like that part. I am not interested in remotely, even remotely, in rewarding people from states like Kentucky, giving them a free out to come to New York on my dollar, by the way, so they can get an abortion that is now illegal in their state. Although Kentucky is a bad example. Let's say Texas like, or Minnesota or any or Oklahoma or Utah or any of those other states. Now, granted, the poor people can't afford to come here anyway, so they're getting screwed because that's the American way. <coughs> Excuse me. But the, the people with money and influence, you know, when their daughters get raped or whatever or sick or, or have some complications, they're coming to blue states to get these things taken care of. And they're getting covered for free because New York and California have put together these funds out of state taxpayer money to do that. I don't want that. I want people in those states to suffer with the decisions that they've made. And and that makes me sound like the old man sitting on the porch yelling at people to get off their lawn. But I feel like that's where I am right now. And that's that's not my doing, man. That is me just getting sick and tired 
of doing the heavy lifting for other people, and that bothers me. So that's not what I came here to talk to you about. I, I, unsurprisingly, I actually did have something. To talk about. So it's uh, we're about to hit April, which means it's time for the Launch Music Conference in Pennsylvania. Uh, anybody that has listened to the show for a while knows that I absolutely loathe and detest the Launch Music Conference. I have a personal vendetta against them. In fact, for a while there, I was literally trying to put together a music conference that ran at the exact same time and was just a better conference because, honestly, anything, anything I throw together will be better than that piece of shit easily. But, like, I just don't have the time to do it. But I am so bothered by their existence for so many personal reasons that I just I think it I think it'll happen by the time I die. I will put together something better that runs at the exact same time, uh, just so they just I don't know just shrivel up and, and fall off like a wart. That would be great for me because I don't know what their deal is. I don't know why they are so anti Rebel Nine. Although I do have a sneaking suspicion. Now, <clears throat> before I get to that, I've told this story a few times on the box. Uh, it bears repeating because it's contextual for, for this. Years ago, at the very early days of, of Rebel 9, like just after G. Davy had kind of rolled into Rebel 9, we used to play all over the Northeast. All over. We were playing a, roughly 100 shows a year. Um, that's actually one of the reasons the band was so tight, because we were, we were doing that. It's also one of the reasons the band actually still has a reputation that we can pull on from time to time. It's why we have listeners and followers and stuff like that. That it just It's just a reach that we had because of the work that we did. One of the places we used to play all the time was Atlantic City. We played there four to six times a year. It's, good, it's a good run. Uh, and we had a local booker there and, and, and it was great. She was great to work with us. She loved us. She took care of us every time we were down there. She made sure we had good slots, made sure we had good bands. Like Those things matter, right? Because you can go play anywhere you want. If you have nothing but shitty bands to play with, it's not really worth going there. Somebody that builds a good show around you and understands how those things work. Super important. During that time, I was trying to get into the Liberty Music Festival, which was in Philadelphia. I was also trying to get into a place called the Dops, Legendary Dops, uh, South Street, I think, uh, in Philadelphia. For whatever reason, I could not, for the life of me, get into those shows. And it became so frustrating that I actually enlisted the help of people that knew directly the people responsible for making some of those decisions. Uh, my friend Lou, was, who was the founder of Reverb Nation. My friend Oren, who uh, was the founder of... Um, uh, why am I drawing a blank? What's the name? I wanted to say blame. Uh, Fine Spot, who we used to play with all the time. Uh, Mickey and Carly from Midnight Mob. They were darlings of, the, of that, that place. They used to play there all the time. I asked all of them to try and find out. And... I would send emails, and they would just not get answered. I would put in requests, and we would get denied. They all, all those people I just mentioned, also sent emails and texts and never got an answer back. So I'm at Millennium Music Conference one year. I'm actually sitting with Orange from Fine Spun, and I see the booker of the job, of the of the legendary dogs. And I said, I'm going to go ask him. I, I walk up to him, and uh, his name is Jim Thorpe. Uh, I walk up to him. And before I open my mouth, he looks at me. He's like, ah, oh, DJ from Rebel 9. How you doing? And I'm like, well, in my head, I'm like, first of all, I'm surprised at hell that you know who I am actually on site. Also, what do you mean how I'm? <laughs> like, what do you? I'm, I'm not great, man. <laughs> like, so I say to him, uh, so I'm like, oh, I'm all right. I just wanted to talk to you. Uh, I wanted to ask you something. 
So I don't even get to say what I'm going to ask him. He's like, you know why you're blacklisted at the Dobbs, right? And I was like, what? <laughs> Excuse me, what did you just say? And he goes, you know why you're blacklisted at the Dobbs. And I was like, I really, really don't. And so he tells me this story. Year, year and a half earlier, the woman that booked us in Atlantic City was at the Dobbs. They're very close. Atlantic City and Philly are very close. Was at the Dobbs and got really, really drunk. Angry drunk, apparently. To the point where she actually got carried out of the bar. Um, she had gotten mad at the bartender, gotten mad at, like, the bookers, threw a glass or a bottle against the back mirror behind the bar. Like a real, like, right out of a movie kind of getting tossed out. And as she's getting tossed out, she says to the staff and the booker, Jim, my bands will never play here. Never. And then she proceeded to list her bands. The very first band out of her mouth was... Rebel Nine. She was our booker in Atlantic City. We played 100 shows a year. She was responsible for four to six of them. But because she said something like that in front of the people that made those decisions, we were persona non grata for a year, year and a half. Once we cleared that up, actually the story made it onto the panel that Jim was actually about to go on, which was kind of funny because he was doing a panel on band reputation. So whenever I talk about stuff about how important band reputations are, like work ethic and product and quality, all that... That's part of it. Like, it literally made it onto the panel's discussion about how important it is to know who's representing you, whether or not you have asked them to. Super, super important. So we cleared that up. And after that, Jim and I are friends. Me and Vince are friends. Uh, Vince is his partner. Uh, and we'd be playing there more right now if there was a place to play in, in Philly, but there, there really isn't much. Uh, but we were invited back to every Liberty Fest since then. So fast forward a few years, and I get turned down from Launch Music Conference for the seventh time. And I'm looking at the bands, and yeah, a lot of them are pop, a lot of them are track acts, but there's a lot of rock acts. There's some post-hardcore, but there's some rock acts. And so now I don't know why we're, we're getting turned down. So I... I... <laughs> I ask Lou again from Reverb Nation, hey man, can you ask? And he does. He gets no response. No response whatsoever. Around that time, I have a conversation with a friend of mine who at the time was being a real real bit of a bitch to me about some stuff. And I find out that another band is uh, totally like trash-talking us and blackballing us to a couple of the festivals that they work on. And I should follow up and ask now because we're friends now. So I, I wonder if I can get a straight answer. And it gets to me that the deciding part, the, the people that, that decide at Launch Music Conference are part of or work with this band's label. This band is no longer together. But they, it turns out that they work with them and this trash talk is apparently enough that we don't even get listened to. 
just our name. Our reputation has been absolutely ruined in that corner. And that's why we never, ever, ever get invited to launch, and we never have any of our applications accepted. And that's why, unfortunately, I had to stop doing it. I may reapply next year. We'll have more. We'll have new music out for sure. And the simple fact that more rock bands from Long Island have actually gotten in there, bands that we play with have actually gotten in there, I might have more angles for people to ask why. Because I don't mind being turned down for stuff we don't belong to. For example, we get turned down from the Montauk Music Festival every year. That's a very singer-songwriter thing. And if you're going to go out there with a full band, like... You've got to be specific. Like, we're not a beach hut band. Like, you know that, right? Like, I know that. You should know that. And that's fine. But when you're playing bands just like ours, bands that we play with kind of on the regular, like Roderick's a perfect example. We play with them often. You know, I mean, not as often as relative these days. But we've played with Roderick for years, and they get to play there every single year. This year, Pathmaker's on the ticket. I, we played with Pathmaker a bunch. I'm looking to play with Pathmaker one, two, or, one or two times this year alone. There's no reason sonically or stylistically that we should be, be getting rejected from launch. I mean, there might be one reason, and I would love to know what that is, but I have a sneaking suspicion it's because somebody opened their fucking mouth about us because they didn't like us personally. Does it happen in music? Every fucking day. Anyway, I've talked enough about that. How about some music? Hard Rock Lunch Box. You know, any song that helps you by spelling out anxiety for you, it's just gotta be good, right? Like, what could possibly go wrong there? Am I right? Hello? Anybody? Is this thing on? <laughs> so, in my release radar this week, was a song from Lacuna Coil. And this is a song I saved for Q, actually. I thought you a little, like... Because uh, don't forget, Q comes from the band Close to Death, where it's like, you know, Chick Singer, Screamo Dude. Like, I always liked that dynamic. I always liked that band. I always liked that dynamic. And I remember thinking that I always wished that Lacuna Coil was just better. Just, and, and for some reason... It was probably me, not them, because they seem to do just fine. But for some reason, it just wasn't something I was so into. But I gave it a listen anyway. I was like, oh, cool, maybe it's something new. So it turns out it's not something new. It's the 20th anniversary of their uh, their first big record. And so they, what they did is they went in and they kind of reworked them all, kind of like um, Thrice just did. But I don't like a lot of the new Thrice stuff, but I will say the new reworking of it. And I know that's controversial, but I just don't. I like the original better. But in this particular case for Lacuna Coil, I think the differences are so, so different that they make them actually songs I want to listen to. And I actually went back to listen to that record, and I still don't like it. <laughs> so I'm super psyched that they put out this 20th edition of it because the song Swamped, which is easily my now my new favorite song from lacuna coil has like been stuck in my head all week i hope you dig it and if you've never heard of lacuna coil this is a good song to get you started in but just imagine this is what like he used to do for funsies on the weekends hard rock lunch box picturesque has some brand new music out and i effing dig it hard rock lunch box Okay, it's 
time to take what I like to call a bimp minute. So on a recent episode of Bacon is My Podcast, I guess they were too busy not doing Bacon is My Passion. Or their Halloween episode, Bacon is My Pumpkin. Or their porn, Bacon is My Penis. I don't know what it is they're doing over at Bimp Studios. It's a lot. <laughs> uh, they had uh, Leah, L-E-A, Leah, on. And Leah is, I want to say she's from Jersey. I'm, I'm not sure that that's true, but I think she's from Jersey. Uh, but it was an interesting interview with her. Uh, super cool. But at the very end of it, Mikey, yes, that Mikey. Uh, says that I've been playing a lot of Lolo, uh, which which I have not. I mean, I've been playing a lot more of Lolo than I did, you know, before Debbie Downer came out. What I like about Debbie Downer is the same thing I like about uh, songs from animated cartoons. <laughs> Anything you can do like a stupid hand dance to, like I'm all about sometimes. It brightens my day. I like that kind of stuff. I like songs from like My Little Pony. Like I'm not afraid to admit it, let it go. Anything from Frozen is cool. Uh, and for me, Debbie Downer falls right into that mix. Like I actually don't think Debbie Downer is a particularly good song. Um, like not a well-written song. Like, it's not a crafted song, right? But it's a perfect, listenable kind of thing, right? Like it just. It's easy to listen to. It's it's just easy. It's super digestible. If I'm going to be like full American, like it's super digestible, just real easy. It's the white bread of music. And that's true of most pop. And specifically, and I'm not critiquing anything because it obviously sells the formula of a chick up front and something you can dance to any sort of mention of sex if a woman is singing it up top. Like that is just a home run and just dudes and young women super respond to that. It's formulaic. I can prove it. I've watched it happen. All those other things. You take any song that I've written and I have a girl sing it, I guarantee you it does better than any song I've ever done. Except maybe the sad ones. I seem to do sad pretty well. Point is, it's a catchy song. It's catchy. It's derivative as fuck. I mean, I can find 30 other songs that that sounds just like because it's a standard progression. Like, all the things in there. I mean, it's not as bad as some songs, but it's really trite and it's really derivative. And it's like... It's, it's everything that's wrong with music, in my opinion. But, Mikey points out that I've been playing a lot of Lolo, but he thinks that Leah is better. Don't believe me? I got you covered. Hey, what's your bacon? Hashtag bacon is my pod. Stay in the conversation. Let us know. I want to throw this out there. Uh, you know, on the Hard Rock Lunchbox, they mm-hmm. play a lot of Lolo, right? Mm. Yeah. And and she's great. Debbie Downer is... Absolutely. Uh, I think Leah is a better Lolo. Well, we're just going to send her to DJ and uh, have, her, have her put some, some of her music yeah. on. So, um... Yeah, so we'll do that. Everybody, let everybody let let DJ know. Hey, you got to play some Leah. Yeah. Okay. First of all, not only did they not send me any Leah, but nobody else let me know to do any Leah. 
So I took it upon myself to get my own fucking Leah. Because apparently, I'm the only one doing any goddamn work around here. I'm kidding, I don't care. <laughs> but I did grab some Leah. And I'm going to play it for you now. Um, I don't know that Leah is a better Lolo. Leah is a different Lolo. Leah sounds like a cooler Lolo, for sure. For sure. And I just, I'm not quite sure where I stand on it. I think what Lolo did going for the absolute pop market is much better. Uh, I think Leah going for the I'm a chick that's cursing a lot market is also cool. But they're very different songs. And yet they still follow the chunk of a good pop song. So I don't know. Is Leah better than Lolo? I guess we'll have to find out. Hard Rock Lunch Box. I think that was just a simply fantastic version of Free Falling from John Mayer. Super talented, absolutely, for sure. Without question. Uh, speaking of super talented, so I have liked the band All Time Low forever. <laughs> um, forever because they wrote one of the great anthems of the emo pop punk movement for me and my existence uh, on, on Put Up and Shut Up or Shut Up and I've said this before about a handful of those bands that so many of them were just so filled with like you know cliches and you know common phrases much like we're they're having in the discussion of uh, the Lolo and Leah stuff um and it makes sense. A lot of those bands, a lot of like Warped Tour bands, like would just kind of come and go because they didn't have anything that would really sustain them. Like, I had one good song, one big hit. There's, we, I mean, the number of bands I could say, and I could list them, and I would definitely offend people, like, no, I love them. But, like, the reality is, like, they had, like, one or two songs. Very few bands can survive kind of like a genre shift like that and grow up, right? Like, the going joke with, like, Blink-182 is, like, it's going to be really funny watching Mark sing What's My Age Again when he's like 40-something years old. Well, here we are. You know what I mean? Like, And it's going to be funny, but they're a band that actually has talent. Like, real talent. Uh, and I've said, I think I've said this about, like, Newfound Glory. Like, you know, like, who would have predicted that the My Friends Over You band was actually going to write, like, meaningful shit 20 years later? Like, not me. I didn't expect that. But I will say, like, All Time Low has continuously put out good stuff. Good stuff in the sense that, like, nothing's ever going to replace, you know, nothing's ever going to replace that record for me. But continuously putting out better and better and better material. I love that. I, I look at that when I see a band do that, and it's like, God damn it man that's awesome like you not only are you talented but you are growing like every band that puts out like their first big band like big record and stuff like that like you expect that to be the best because that had to do something impossible it had to capture the imagination and the intention of so many people and to people like with money and decision makers to try and put something out but you take, like, a band like, say, A Day to Remember, right? 
like, just look through some of the records that they have done. Like, they continuously do better and better stuff. I mean, you could argue... It's funny, because you could argue, like, that, um, you know, some of those middle records, like, they're probably some of the best pop-punk records ever written, and how do you do better than that? But they do. They keep changing, and they keep writing new stuff, and they, you know, maybe you don't like everything, but they're still evolving, and they're still creating good stuff. And my point is, with All Time Low, is that every single time they come out with something new, I find something new to like about them. Now, their new record is out, uh, and we've played Sleepwalking a couple times on this show, and that's fine, but their new single from the record is called Modern Love. Now, what makes this one special, aside from the fact that I think it is just a brilliantly written song, I'm going to spoiler this for everybody that's listening, and point out that the chorus of Modern Love might be one of the greatest choruses they have ever written in a rock-pop sort of way. And the reason I think so is because if you close your eyes and sit back just a little, you can hear the Goo Goo Dolls singing that chorus. And I'm thinking kind of like the Dizzy Up the Girl and Gutterflower era. If you listen, you'll hear exactly what I'm talking about. And since they are two of my top 20 bands, this is really just doing me a total solid by basically playing... The, t- the two great bands in this chorus for me, and only for me, but also for you. So if you haven't heard it yet, please give it a listen. I hope you enjoy it. You're going to be hearing it a lot. It is now my second favorite all-time low song, which means it'll be on the box a bunch. Hard Rock Lunch Box. Very few bands have just simply blown me away by stuff that they've put out. Uh, you know, when it's the first time I've heard them. One such band, going back to my early, early days, is a band called Extreme. When they put out their first Extreme record, they had a song on there called Kid Ego that I thought was one of the greatest riffs of all time. At the time, it felt like it was true. Whether it is still now is definitely up for debate. Point is, they blew me away. Gary Sharon, I thought, was a great singer, although his lyrics could definitely stand uh, to, to be a little bit better, but the guitar player, Nuno Betancourt, arguably today still one of the best guitar players alive. And the simple fact that they would go on to have such incredible success with their second record when they did songs like Wholehearted and More, More Than Words was really like so happy for them while secretly still being mad because this was my band and I liked Kid Ego. They've gone their separate ways, they've done different things, but they are back, and they put out a brand new record. And on this record is a song called Rise. Not to be confused with the Craving Strange Rise. Jimmy, I'm sorry, I know how annoying that is when people name stuff after stuff that you've already named stuff. I get it. Believe me, I get it. (laughs) But there was a lot of talk in the blogosphere about the guitar solo that Nuno did for this song. And I gotta tell you. I think it's warranted, man. I think it's absolutely warranted. The style, the sounds, the tone that he uses in this guitar solo are just so him and are just so perfect for what he's trying to do. Yeah, there's some parts that don't super impress me of it, but the parts that do, they're so good. And I think what actually adds that little extra impress for me is the fact that it sounds just like always, like anybody could play it. And literally, nobody else can. (laughs) He has a knack 
making things seem so effortless and flawless. It's like, I could do that. And then you try and play it, and it sounds like you and your guitar are now falling down a flight of stairs. But you can be the judge. I like the song well enough. The standout really for me is the solo, both the beginning of the solo and the end of the solo. The middle of the solo, honestly, I could take or leave. But I thought it was really awesome. So hopefully you'll dig it. If you don't, that's okay. It'll be over in roughly four and a half minutes. But it's brand new Extreme with an amazing guitar solo. On the box. Hard Rock Lunch Box. Yo, did someone say brand new Silverstein is out? Yeah, I thought maybe. Hard Rock Lunch Box. Truth be told, that Bullet from My Valentine is one of the few bands that I actually get winded just listening to. <laughs> I love that band. I've loved that band for years, and I just felt like hearing some of it. Like, it's like my ultimate aggression. Like, so how, why I used to listen to, like, Alive from Wage War, like, as soon as I, like, wanted to do, like, angry treadmill walking. It's kind of like that. <laughs> All right, up next is not bullet for my valentine it's actually a band called water parks and the title i just find hella intriguing because i miss having sex but at least i don't want to die anymore which is just funny but actually lyrically speaking this song's pretty great like as we were talking about earlier about like uh you know the the trite kind of lyrics like i kind of dig this one maybe you will too it's water parks the box hard rock lunch box this week on Does It Box. I present to you Matchbox 20, arguably one of the better bands of the early 90s, early 90s, late 90s, 2000s, I don't even know. Honestly, one of the better bands whenever they were doing whatever it was they were doing. They could not seem to write a bad song. Well, they are back, and I played some of their newer stuff. And this new one is called Wild Dogs. I cannot seem to make my mind up on. And as such, it is be up to you guys to make my mind up on. So this week on Dozen Box, Matchbox 20. Hard Rock Lunch Box. Sorry for the delay. I was going all the way back in the vault to get this particular one. This one is so... I can't even... I don't even remember what record this one is on, but I have not heard this one in such a long time. And I thought it would be perfect. We'll have your weekly craving of the week. And it's just a very distant, distant song. And we just haven't played in... Years. <laughs> Let's just go with years. It's such a good one too. I just get I get caught up in all their new releases, but as we're kind of in this quiet zone before they start releasing their new material, like why don't we just relish in some old material? It's dissolve on the box. Tonight, I need someone to take me, take me. I'm looking to fight, looking to fight for something that can break me, break me out of this life. You are so charismatic, I'm hitting every bottom. 
their brand new song you can check out their video on youtube just uh, search for the nearly dead it's a great song i really like this one i really like the calming effect of some acoustic performances i find them just just to be completely wonderful i did not get a chance to talk about uh the hurricanes game on saturday suffice to say the highlight of it was the fact that it was sunday morning we had a 9 a.m game which meant charlotte and i were on the field at 8 25 I don't know what you remember about Sunday, but it became winter for just one more day before spring officially started because it was 29 degrees with 20-mile-an-hour winds at Whitman High School. It was the coldest I have felt in ages, and it took me till about 4 o'clock in the afternoon to warm up. Yeah, it was it was a bad one. It was, it was, it was a bad one. I'll have more details about trying to set up the field in that kind of cold and why I have a big puncture in the middle of my thumb because it's, you know, Hey man, anything worth doing is worth doing right. Here's a little farewell file, a farewell fire for you on the box, man. Either they got to change that name or I got to do a better job. Like AFF, that's what we'll do all day long. Hard rock lunch box. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for me to get on out of here. Oh, yeah, thank you. Thank you for the applause for me getting on out of here. It's been a wonder and a privilege, 
and an honor to serve you this afternoon. Thank you for listening to the Hard Rock Lunchbox and the Top 20. Uh, don't forget to check us out on Strangerhood TV. Give us a like, a share, and comment, and all that other good stuff. We will get to you as soon as we possibly can, I promise. But again, thank you for spending part of your day with all of us here at the Hard Rock Lunchbox. Without you, it would just be silly and kind of, like, honestly, a little pathetic. So thank you for that. And because of your loyal servitude, I feel, I feel like you've earned this. So I'll see you next week right here on The Box. Hard. Rock. Lunch. Box.